0: With Alex Ferrario, I'm Brandon Kylie. We are live from the EMB Granite Studio at the Centene Community Ice Center, and we are very happy right now to go out to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line to be joined by the senior reporter for the NHL Network. He is EJ Raddick joining us here on the show. EJ, we always appreciate the time, man. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? Well, we could be doing better. You know, uh, it's, been, okay. it's been a rough time for Blues fans uh, of late. EJ, I don't know how much of the Blues you've been able to watch lately, but what do you make of this strange uh, downfall late in the season for them?
1: Well, I mean, it, it's been a weird year, right, for a lot of reasons. They're in a, uh, we're, we're playing in this kind of, uh, this barrel, so sort to of speak, of the same teams over and over again. Uh, they had some scheduling issues early in the year that changed things for them, right? They ended up playing the Coyotes, I think, seven consecutive times at one point. They've had a number of injuries, and they're dealing with a, a different, a little bit of a different roster. I should say maybe more of a, a lot different of a roster, even though it's only one piece. But Alex Petrangelo leaving as a free agent, I changed really the dynamic of this group. I mean, when they won the Cup... You had Petrangelo and you had Pareco on that right side, and you didn't get a lot done if you were coming down the left side against the St. Louis Blues for most of the game. now, you know, you're without Petrangelo, and uh, Pareco has been dinged up this year, and he's just back, but he's missed a lot of time, and we're not quite sure if he's near 100%. So, you know, there's some things that have gone on there for sure, and every year is a little different. The year you guys won the Cup, I think you played the same six defensemen the whole run of the playoffs. And, uh, you know, this year it hasn't been the case in terms of injuries and just the nature of things. But it's not over because nobody wants that fourth spot in the Western Division. So uh, there's still time.
2: Yeah, really, nobody wants that last spot in that Honda West division. EJ, I'm, I'm curious. You mentioned Alex Petrangelo, and then, of course, you include the names of Jay Bomeister and Alexander Steen. You know, Craig Bruby has used the word soft and fragile and mentally weak describing this Blues team this season. How much of an impact has this team had with that loss of leadership and kind of the switch to new guys in the locker room?
1: Well, I mean, it definitely is impactful now, you know, you talk about Steen and you talk about boom Easter right like those are guys that are were long in the tooth and maybe that run in 2019 was that you know the last really uh, you know good juice you were gonna get out of those guys in terms of helping you win on the ice yeah you know in the room valuable guys but um, you know I think that uh, you know everybody they have a beginning middle and end of their careers right and I think those guys were near in the end unfortunately for Jay boom Easter it was it was accelerated due to the heart issue that he had, and you know, fortunately, he's come out of that okay. But just had to had to walk away from playing. But I don't think he got cheated. I mean, he played a long time in this league and uh, and had a lot of success and ended up winning that Stanley Cup. So, so yeah, I think that you know, it it hurts to lose those guys within your group, um, but I think at the end of the day, those departures were inevitable and uh, you do have to move new guys into the group. And, you know, you guys saw in 2019 that, you know, there were some new faces that got moved into the group that year, and it all kind of came together. So, so far this year it's been more of a challenge. But I, I do think, you know, when you take a piece out like Petrangelo, you know, a legit number one defenseman, hard to play against 25 minutes a night, those guys are just really, really difficult to replace. Uh, I know the blues still have a g- pretty good core defenseman there. And I, I love Pareko what he does. And, you know, it's unfortunate that he's been dealing with injury. Um, you know, Krug has come in. He's a really good player, but he's a different player than what you had there before. So, um, you know, for the blues, I expected them not to be probably a little run below Vegas and, and Colorado, but I did expect them to be certainly better than they are right now. And I guess you could chalk it up in a lot of ways to injuries and, You know, a little bit to Jordan Binnington has been a little bit up and
0: down this year, and I think that plays into it as well. You can watch EJ Raddick on NHL Now weekdays at 3 o'clock Central. Plus, NHL Network will feature the Flyers versus Rangers and Wild versus Kings tonight beginning at 6 o'clock. EJ, I wanted to ask you about, you mentioned there at the end, you kind of thought that the Blues would be in that second tier in the West Division They're probably in kind of a third tier, if you would have Minnesota in the second tier on their own in this division now. How do you compare the Blues with the uh, LA Kings, I think, have kind of worked their way into the mix for the fourth spot, and the Arizona Coyotes? How do you compare those three teams as they're all kind of trying to find their way into that fourth spot?
1: Well, I think that the Blues are better than those teams, and you know I think the Blues are probably as good, if not better, than the Minnesota Wilds. But Minnesota's had some things that go really well for them this year, and they haven't had a ton of injuries. And, uh, you know, they've been able to kind of move up the standings a bit. But I think, you know, I think the Blues are certainly right on the same level, if not better, than Minnesota when all is, all is going well and everybody's in the lineup. And I certainly think that they're better than those other teams. I mean, like a team like Los Angeles, you know, they have some high-end guys that have been part of their group for a long time and Kopitar and Doughty and Brown, and those guys have all played really well this year. And, uh, you know, but they're still really rebuilding around those guys. And, uh, you know, I see them, you know, coming into the year, I didn't see them as being in the mix. And I think they're still, they're good young players are still with the Ontario Reign in the American Hockey League. So, you know, they're, to me, a team, if they were to rally and somehow get in, I'd be really surprised. Uh, you know, I think it's really between arizona and st louis i think st louis is is better than arizona but you know you have to get it done on the ice and when you have injury challenges it you know it, it does you know mitigate your opportunity to, to get those wins and you know looking at the schedule as you guys i'm sure have uh you know it's no picnic for the blues because i thought last night's game was a critical game i mean you got colorado coming out of a covid uh hiatus and uh it was an opportunity to get them with some players not in the lineup and hadn't skated really as a group in, in several days and it was a good opportunity I thought for the Blues to get a jump on them they failed to do it, they lose now they have two more games with the Avalanche who have got their feet under them a little bit now then you get Vegas, you got a couple of games with San Jose, that's an opportunity to get points, but then you got the, uh, you know, you do have uh, you know, some other opportunities down the road oh, I'm looking at the wrong piece, sorry guys, Minnesota, three games with them Two with Anaheim, three, two more with Vegas, two at Minnesota. So I mean, it's a it's a hard schedule down the stretch
2: for the St. Louis Blues. EJ, you mentioned Tory Krug in your previous answer, and I'm curious from the national perspective the view on Tory Krug's season because we saw this last year with Justin Falk into a new environment and really didn't mesh until his next season where he started to become a a important piece into that team. Uh, Tory Krug has gone some through some struggles this season. Um, has the national view on him been a disappointment? Has it been a positive looking at his game?
1: No, I don't think it's been a disappointment. I think Tory Krug is very much who he is. I think when you go to a new place, it takes time to fit into that group. Um, I think that, again, the St. Louis Blues, I think, play a little bit of a different game, at least when they were winning the Stanley Cup a couple of years ago, than, you know, than Tory Krug kind of plays. So I think the Blues were changing their a little bit because of salary cap purposes and the inability to get, you know, Petrangelo sign, you have to make some changes to your group. But I think Troy group's a really good player. He's a good offensive defenseman. He should in a perfect world, help you on the power play. And he's a competitive guy. And you guys saw that, I think in the Stanley cup final a couple of years ago, when he was a member of the Bruins. So he's a good addition to me and I'm not really disappointed in his play. I just think that he's a completely different piece of the puzzle than, Alex Petrangelo, and Petrangelo is just, like I say, really hard to play against because of his size and his length and his, uh, you know, and his, his natural abilities and skills. I mean, there's a reason he was such a high draft pick uh, way back when. So, you know, I, I think that uh, you don't want to compare Tori Krug and Petrangelo because they're different players, but I think Torrey Krug is a really good player, and, you know, he could be a really helpful fit for many years in St.
0: Louis. I just think they have a different look with him back there. EJ, the final question that I've got for you, we've been talking about this of late because, I mean, let's be honest. Even if the Blues do get into the playoffs, it's it's a really tough road in this division with Colorado and Vegas at the top of it. What do you think the Blues need to do as they look towards the offseason? What are they missing to be able to get back to that level with the likes of the Vegas Golden Knights and the Colorado Avalanche? What is this team missing?
1: Well, if they can get Petrangelo back, that'd be nice. <laughs> but, I mean, I don't foresee that happening. But, uh, you know, I, I think that this is a really good and deep team. And, uh, you know, they have Jordan Bennington, who's a, is a good goaltender. He's gone all the way through, won the Stanley Cup. Could have easily been the Smythe trophy winner for his performance during that playoff run, and particularly in Game 7, when he stood on his head in the first period of that game and kept the Blues in it. And then they got their feet under him and took off in that game on the road. But, uh you know, I, I just I like their roster when it's healthy, and I like some of the new players they've added. I think Jordan Kyrou's had a very interesting year. I mean, unfortunately, Robert Thomas has had some injuries. I think there's a lot of upside to his game. I just think the way Craig Berube wants to play, and you guys know this is he wants to you know, move the puck straight forward, get it into the offensive zone, cycle the puck, work the puck, create offensive zone time, wear down your opponent, and uh, kind of check you into the ground. And you know that that that's been an effective game plan for them for the last couple of years when they're playing well i'll go back to opening night they played the colorado avalanche and they performed that game plan to perfection and they beat the avalanche then in the next game the avalanche were able to get their legs going and play that uh, high high octane game and they kind of blew the doors off the blues so it's really you know whether or not they can dictate that that style of play and i think it's tougher to do it when you're not as big and strong on the blue line and you get caught up in your own end a little bit more, now the idea of moving straight through the neutral zone and creating offensive zone time is more difficult
0: because you get bogged down in your own end. EJ, I said that was my last question. I've got one more for you because right. this has become a topic of conversation in St. Louis, and I don't—I am curious what the national perspective would be on this. So, Vladimir Tarasenko returned this year from uh, a number of different shoulder injuries, and so far it, it hasn't gone as planned. He has three goals in his 20 games since he returned. Now, he does have a, a big contract, and I'm curious – if the Blues were to make him available this offseason, whether it be in the expansion draft or in a trade, what do you think the interest level would be around the league for a guy like Vladdy, who has two more years at seven and a half million dollars per season remaining on his contract?
1: I think there would be, uh, I think first and foremost, the team would want to have the medicals, right, to see where he is physically, Uh, you know, so that's the first thing. I know that in talking to Yaramir Jagr several years ago uh, when he was with the New York Rangers, he was coming off a shoulder injury. And he said it took him a half a season to actually feel strong and confident in that shoulder. And Vladdy's had a couple of these procedures, right? So um, it's hard to know exactly what his comfort level is. He's back playing, so he's, he's good enough to play, as Jagr was in that time when I spoke to him. But he just – he didn't feel uh, as confident in his strength on that side in his shoulder. So, you know, you'd have to get an honest assessment from the player himself. You'd have to look at the medicals. If you're a team, I think that he's got a track record of, of being an offensive player. There's no question about that. Um, two years left on a deal at that number isn't prohibitive. Uh, you know, if you had a longer term, that would be tough in a flat cap circumstance, certainly with an expansion situation coming along. That is another element to this. Um, but I I would have to, you know, I would really have to know where the player is at. And I, if I'm the Blues, I really want to know that as well because you wouldn't want to move him, uh, you know, too soon if, you just, if, you, if he feels and you feel that it's just a matter of him gaining more strength in that shoulder to be 100%. I mean, maybe he's playing at 75%. You know, it's hard to know that unless you talk to the player and, and talk to the training staff. But, you know, I think because of the number, it's, it's not prohibitive. Uh, and I think a team would, ha- they would have to have a particular need for a player like that. You just saw in Boston with a van Taylor Hall, and they've taken off because Taylor Hall slides in as a second wing left, second line left wing alongside a really good center and David Creechie. And all of a sudden the Boston Bruins are really well slotted and have a, a I think an excellent chance to, to make a run now. So, It would probably depend upon what team is interested. I think the number would be few, but I think there would be somebody that would be interested, but I would have to know the medicals and have a better feel for where he's at physically moving forward.
0: It makes a lot of sense. He's EJ Raddick, senior reporter for the NHL Network. Check him out weekdays on NHL Now at 3 o'clock. EJ, we always appreciate the time, man. Thank you so much for hopping on with us today.
1: Hey, I appreciate it. And I heard you guys talking about barrel speed and all these different things for baseball. I got to tell you, as a longtime baseball fan, it's a little bit much. Sometimes you need to just watch if a guy can field and hit
2: and throw. Maybe that's good enough to go with. But Thank, you, s- thank you so much for saying that, EJ, because my guy BK over here is a numbers nerd, and I'm just <laughs> all about the body language.
1: Listen, there's there's a place for numbers. There's a place for information. In everything, I think. I mean, you want as much information as you possibly can get. But I know being here in New York and watching the Yankees play, and it's the same movie. They've had a good team for a long time. But in the end of the day, you know, if you can't make, if you can't put the bat on the ball in key situations against good pitchers, you know, you're probably not going to have a lot of success. Sometimes you do have to scrap out a run. You have to find ways to score. And uh, you know, the way it's trended now, I just look at it and I shake my head sometimes. And You know, but again, it's a new world, and I like information. I just think sometimes there might be a little too much of it.
0: Hey, preach it, EJ. He's EJ Raddick. We appreciate the time, man. Thank you so much.
2: All right, you got it, guys. Take care.